Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wonder and Sunder. Today, we have a very special guest for you. One who has touched the lives of many in the community and continues to do so even today. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back to Wonder and Sunder. Uh, we have another great person to wonder about here who likes to be a random passerby. Um, but today we're going to kind of uncover some of those mysteries. Uh, so today we have Glenn. Glenn, how are you? I am doing wonderfully today. Awesome. And we're joined with our uh, host, Sue. Yep, I'm here. Sue Walliger right here with you today. So I'm trying to make it so Josh says more. Yeah. Um, if you listen to our podcast, then you'll know that Josh is, you know, asks two questions usually. If I had cricket music, I'd insert it right now. <laughs> We'll put him on the spot. I know. So, Glenn, tell us a little bit about yourself so that we kind of have a feel for who you are. Okay. Very old guy. Yep. As we all nah. know that. You can see that. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up in Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, and and um, when I went through school, I had a lot of influential teachers, a lot of teachers that I really liked. So when I went to college at the University of Minnesota, I said, I think I'd kind of like to be a teacher oh. and my favorite subject was math. So I'd like to be a math teacher. <laughs> and I started heading in that direction, but I said, you know, I also love geography and social studies and history. So uh -huh. I'd like to do that too. But you know, my most influential teacher I ever had was my English teacher. Oh, oh. And who incidentally, I went to his memorial service a couple of months ago, oh. uh, but a wonderful man. Yep. And uh, I like that too. Yeah. So then I dawned on me, you know, if I teach elementary, I ah. can do all of those things. So I headed in that direction. But while I was a student at the University of Minnesota, I also had a part-time job working at a small Sears store. Now, a lot of our listeners, if they're under the age of 50, <laughs> may not know what right. a Sears store is, but this was an old school Sears store. They even had catalogs. They had catalogs. Mm -hmm. We had a catalog yeah. department and mm -hmm. we had uh, all kinds of nuts and bolts and paint and electrical mm -hmm. and furniture and appliances. We had it all there. And... Um, I really enjoyed that job. I enjoyed the people I worked with. I enjoyed uh, the work. Okay. I got really good at it. They gave me a lot of responsibility. I skipped class some mornings because I <laughs> oh, sometimes oh. if I had uh, later class, I could go in in the morning. Well, then they got busy. They needed me. It was easier to skip class and stay there and work and make money. Dollar, right. five, dollar five an hour, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was yeah. big bucks back then. You guys are too young to know what that is. <laughs> it was big bucks. Uh, so do I want to hassle driving the two miles further to the University of Minnesota and have to find a place to park oh, yeah. a mile away from my class and freeze in the middle of winter? Let's just stay at work. So I cheated a few times and did that. But I got good at my job and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll finish my degree in education. Yep. But... When I'm done with school, I'm going to go into Sears uh, training for uh, administration cool. and, uh, and become uh, a Sears employee. Huh. I didn't know that, that at all. That, that was my plan until I student taught ah. my yes. final uh, semester at the U of M. I student taught in Roseville. And which grades did you do? I student taught uh, fifth grade mm -hmm. and all of a sudden things clicked. I said, yeah. hey, you know what? This is fun. And I could work and have fun at the same time and get paid for it. 
Nice. Yes, siree. Yep. So that changed my direction completely. And, uh, you know, basically the, the rest was uh, history because then I, I went into, uh, you know, applied at several schools, got hired in Anoka Hennepin. Really? Right off the bat, huh? Right off the bat. Wow. And uh, started working at Franklin Elementary, just, oh. uh, you know, on the other side of the river from where we're sitting right now. Yep. Yep. Uh, taught there for a few years, then moved over to Sandberg Middle School when they booted fifth and sixth grade out of, out of Franklin because of uh, attendance issues. Right. And same with Ramsey was only to fourth grade. Ramsey too was, then. didn't even exist at the time. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it did for a while. And then, and then after, after a while they were getting crowded. Right. We were getting crowded at Franklin. So they took fifth and sixth out of both of those schools and sent them over to Sandberg middle school. Yep. And so I went over there and, and, uh, it was just, it just was a wonderful place. All schools that I worked at, all, all both schools were just wonderful places to work. So did you ever figure out what you really liked the best? Was it math? Was it social good studies? Qu- was good it question. English? Good question. I did. Because <laughs> we, we talked about this before. I know. We got like one eighth. Correct. We did. I was like, well, gosh, wasn't he a math teacher? Then why does he do all these sports things? But anyway, so did you ever... Figure out which one was your favorite? Well, probably math. Yeah. I love math. Uh, you know, I taught English for a while too, but being the lazy bum that I am, you know, when you teach English and you have to grade papers. Oh, that's oof, a lot more. It takes a long time. Yes, and I, the thing I did not like about it, I can find the time, but the thing I did not like is when I'm grading this paper, I'm playing God. Oh. It's my opinion. True. When I'm giving them a B, a, a minus, a C plus, it's my opinion. Based so on it is certain true. criteria, but you know, I it's didn't really like playing subjective. God and math. It's right or it's wrong. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. true. I never actually thought of it that way, but you're right. I, there are criteria, but it, if you don't like the style or whatever, it would be, yeah, it's subjective. And very subjective. I feel like I hear kids complain about that all the time. And they might be overjoyed to hear someone actually confess it, that yeah. their English right. teacher just grades on opinion. It, it's the truth. It, it is. You know, it's what Very I'm looking for. And if you don't satisfy what I'm looking for, it, right. you, you pay the price. Mm-hmm. Well, and those grades, you know, when they are that young, really make a huge impact sometimes on them. And those kids, you, you yeah. know, if they fail or if they feel like they're failing in a subject, then they kind of don't like it anymore. Right. And then they write it off. And so that's that's hard. Yeah. To keep encouraging them. And on the positive side, if they get a good grade, all of a sudden it's a confidence booster and they can't wait for the next assignment. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So it sounds like you've mostly taught fifth. Did you teach any other grades? Actually, I ended up teaching sixth when I moved over to middle school. Uh, Eventually, they got rid of fifth grade in middle school and sent that back to elementary when the the entire school district then transitioned up. Uh, middle schools, five, six, and seven, or six, seven, and eight, I mean. We, uh, so I have an LAD degree too, and I student taught fifth and third grade. We had to do two different grades, and um, I loved them both, and then I subtaught for a, a, a year, and then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and then I decided to go to seminary and be a pastor, but I I love teaching, and I get to teach all the time, even in what I do here you do. Yeah. and elementary ed, um, the tricks of that trade is really, uh, helpful in any age, quite honestly. So I did sub uh, sixth grade middle school one time too. And that was fun. 
Because, you know, our license are, you can get a K to whatever license and then a kindergarten one. Or you, traditionally back when I was, um, it was a one to six, grades okay. one to six. Right. So that was interesting. And you like subbing? I did. Did you like subbing? I you did. subbed a lot. I subbed so, for nine years after I retired. And, yes. and I loved it. You know, when I was teaching, I was under the impression that the school I was working at, that was the best school in the world. <laughs> and the people I worked with, those were the best teachers in the world. Right. And the students we had were the best students. They were the best students. Yep. And the parents were the best parents. I was under that impression. And then I subbed. And I I will admit, I did not sub at a lot of schools. I kind of had some contacts. Right. And those were the people that used me and kept me more than Busy. busier than I wanted to be. Yep. But they were all, my school closed down. So I was not going back to my school. Right. So it's not like I, I came in as a favorite. Uh, it, I got to know all kinds of new people, yes. new staff, yes. mm -hmm, new kids. Every day was different. Every day. And you know what I found out? That there are just as many good teachers at other schools, just as many wonderful kids at these schools. Yes. Uh, so it, for me, even at my age, it was a great learning experience. And I. Yeah, not everybody mm -hmm. can do that because subbing takes a person that is able to kind of be flexible and go with the flow and be able to just um, hit the ground running. Right. Really, that's exactly it. And if, and so um, I could see that you would have that. But I wonder, was that weird after all those years of teaching your own classroom? Was that strange? Well, the hard thing about subbing is, you know, for me, the big takeaway in teaching is all the relationships that you right. build with, with mm -hmm. the yep. students, with the staff. And so you lose that relationship. Yep. Uh, and, and that's the biggest positive thing that I get from teaching and, and can give to teaching, I think is the relationship building. But at the same time, as I said, I worked at, um, at across the street at uh, Anoka middle school a lot. And I worked at yep. Anoka high school a lot. And I worked at Northdale middle school a lot. Those were basically the three primary schools I worked at. So since I'm working there maybe 30 to 40 days a year, I get to know those kids. Those kids get to know me. Right. And, um, yep. And so you get a little relationship. Last night I went to, um, Fields of Faith Fellowship of Christian Athletes event oh, over at Coon Rapids High School good. last, last evening. Afterwards, uh, at the close, we went in the middle of the field and, and said a prayer together, closing prayer together. And, uh, at the end, we're walking away and we're kind of just mingling with each other. And some kids are coming up to me and, you know, we're talking and it's like, I don't think I know these kids. <laughs> I shouldn't know these kids. Right. But obviously I must have subbed in their classroom because I've mm -hmm. not subbed for a couple of years. So we're talking about a lot of high school seniors and juniors. So I could have had them across the street at the middle school or at right. Northdale Middle School. Yeah. But so that was kind of reassuring that there's still kids out there that might recognize me and yep. say, I remember that old coot. He was in our room a few times. <laughs> well, Glenn, you are hard to forget. You are a man of positivity for sure. And so that attracts people. Um, they, they can see that in you. And I think that also helps them to say, I feel like I know him more. You know, he was a positive guy, you know, and, and you probably ask them questions about themselves and things like that. Cause that's something that you naturally do as well. Well, one of the things that I thought was important, and and I don't know if I made an effort to do this, but I think it just kind of happens mm -hmm. in, in building these relationships. I, you know, I always tried to live by example rather than 
by doctrine. And, and rather than what I say, follow what I do. I like it. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought if I could set a good example for these kids or for other teachers, maybe that would be a good way to learn. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, what you're doing is a picture. Yep. So I thought that was... Uh, I took that as being very important. Absolutely. And and we can tell that from Mm -hmm. you. That is something that we definitely get. And I know the kids do too. You are who you are, whether you're in front of them or not in front of them, you know, that is your authentic and, um, and positive. Um, that's really huge. Cause a lot of times I think in our, um, day and age, we get a lot of negativity more than we do positivity. And so, I think it stands out more. You know, I think it really does. I was telling my boys, I said, um, being nice is underrated. Because when you meet a really nice person or a positive person, you are attracted to them. Like that is something you want to be around them more. But when you meet a negative person, you're like, I can get negative anywhere. <laughs> no, you don't want to be around don't, them anymore. Don't need to be around them. You're right. Yeah, I could not wait after the event last night to talk to a couple of these students that spoke yeah. And just to let them know that how, you know, you're a high school senior or junior and you get up in front of a couple hundred people, mostly peers. Wow. And some adults. And you spoke the way you did. I said, that blows me away. Isn't that very cool? impressive. I, I said, you're going places. Yeah. And you can't underestimate the kids. I think um, a lot of times we do that. And I know that you don't. Um, but, but sometimes we do. We underestimate what they're uh, what they can do or what they're capable of. I think that's something that, um, that I think we all witness, um, in the kids that we work with is that they are incredible and they can do so much. Like I always think, you know, those middle school kids have been playing their instrument for two years or whatever, and now they're out there marching. You know, you you think, my goodness, they just squeaked the first year and now they're actually like walking and playing an instrument at the same time. I know. One of the most underrated jobs in education is the elementary or early middle school, whatever, band orchestra teacher (laughs) who has to listen to that squeaking you're talking about. Oh, man. And does this really make sense? And who gets all the credit for that? Well, the high school orchestra and band teachers (laughs) that put together a great finished product. I think my most remembered band teacher was my middle school band teacher. Yeah. Because he was just so kind and passionate about that. And he's like, yeah, I don't care what you do. Squeak some more. <laughs> Squeak louder. Step in the right direction. Yeah. What instruments did you play, Josh? Let's let's get to know Josh. I know. Oh, no, not what did again. You play? I played the trumpet. Okay. You yeah. did. I started I did. out as a trumpet player, but Ooh. then they got to the point, you know, in, in in middle school or junior high at that time it was called. Right. We need we need some trombone players because they weren't developing <laughs> trombone players in elementary because you couldn't move the slide far enough down. That is so true. It is true. If you didn't have long enough arms, you right. couldn't play it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I played trumpet and trombone and at the same time, hey. my mouth is that big. There you go. Well, okay. (laughs) No, I gave up up trumpet and played trombone. You can't see my face, but it is a little bit confused at the moment. But yes, that's funny. So so trombone, that's what my Carl, he's got long arms. He can play trombone. So that was good too. But yeah. Oh, fun. So now there are certain things that you do. You do a lot with sports though. Like you were saying, you were at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes um, event last night and 
you um, have started a sports camp for our elementary kids here during the summer. How many years has that been going on? That's a good question. I don't know. As many as I've been here, I've been here 10 years. Yeah, I'd say about 15 years, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. So for a week or four days, um, then we have two different shifts, ones with the lower elementary and ones with the upper elementary that you do during the summer and play games with them. Right. Fun. So fun. You know what? When you get old, you want to stay young, right? Forever. You're looking for that fountain of youth. Where do you find the fountain of youth? Hang around with young people. You do. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's not hard for me to find young people because everybody's younger than me. (laughs) I'm getting there too now, Glenn. (laughs) You you want to trade? Let me know. Yeah, right. Uh, No, I'm good. Um, But then let's see. And then we had a thing too where um, you were helpful in our community in trying to get a program called Why Start up and running. And so that was when we partnered with uh, YMCA and Anoka Middle School and Zion, our church. And then um, we had kids come over here after school to the church and then they would play or do homework or how did that get started? You were on the ground floor of that. Yes. uh, Pastor Mark Mm -hmm. Teedy, this is the way the story goes anyway. (laughs) He kind of got this brain child going. He's looking out the window after school uh, across the street and he's seeing the kids load the buses, buses go away. Now there's still a bunch of kids hanging out. Are they in an after school activity? Are they in a sport? Are they in music? What, what, how come we're, what, why aren't they on the bus going home? So he kind of got the idea because, because he knew that they were already doing this at Oakview middle school where his oh, kids went, cool. you know, and they, of course at Oakview, they have the Y which is right around the corner right, from them. So it was pretty nice and convenient. We didn't have that that uh, convenience here, but he, I believe, contacted the Y and said, hey, is this possible? Or can we come up with some type of agreement? And so we started talking with the Y and with uh, Anoka Middle School and bingo, all of a sudden it started. And um, boy, we had a lot of kids. So you can ask Josh because Josh came in probably towards the tail end of the times when we were having like 70 kids there. Yep. Oh my goodness. I it, forgot it was about a, that. It was crazy. 70s is probably a little... Too much. Too many <laughs> for the capacity that we had, capacity physically and capacity with manpower. Right. Oh, and yeah. safety. Yeah. Uh, but, he, but he was in on that. Uh, but, you know, here again, you talk about relationships. Right. I mean, yeah, you didn't have a chance to really get a great budding relationship because you were so busy moving around the building, putting out fires. Right. But it still did. And, and I was always amazed. Some of these kids that were just pulling, I was pulling my hair out on these kids here. <laughs> hmm uh, you'd see them a couple of years later and they're at Anoka High School and I'd be at a basketball game or a football game watching and they'd come up to me and start talking. Yeah, I remember when we did. Why, oh, that was so much fun. And, you know, you know, when you hear those stories, yes. you say, okay, yeah, there were days I didn't want to come. <laughs> but you know what? Right. Obviously, obviously it was worthwhile. Yeah. It's so true. You know, one of my favorite parts about wa- being able to watch kids grow up is that you get to see them turn the corner, I always call it. It's like those kids that are probably, you learn their name first because you say it the most, right? <laughs> like those kids, yep. which I, I, and I, I always say they're good kids, all good kids. And some just have way more energy or aren't focused or for whatever reason, they're just a little, a lot to handle. But if you hang in there with them for a, a while, then you get to see them turn the corner and become this 
amazing, amazing individual. And without without a doubt, the most rewarding. I'm I'm I, I'm trimming a tree the other a couple of days yeah. ago, in my out by the street, and a guy comes by on a motorcycle with a, a, a younger child, maybe a twelve year old daughter, or whatever it was, ended up being on on the back. Comes by all of a sudden, he saw me out of the corner of his eye. Turns around, comes back, and we start visiting. Well, he was a neighbor who lived about a block away. Now he's in his forties. <laughs> I mean, I had him in school too. Right. I mean, not only was he a neighbor, but I had him in class. Uh, I believe he ended up repeating a grade uh, at some point. Uh, behavior wasn't the greatest, wasn't the worst, but it's one of these kids like, where is this kid going to end up someday? Right. He's been working for the same company for 20 plus years. Oh, that's awesome. He's opening a new uh, base for them up in Northern Minnesota now. And it's just, those are the stories. I mean, you can see kids in class say, this kid's a winner. They're going to go places. Oh, absolutely. And you know, anytime somebody's patting me on the back for that, I'm thinking, trust me. You could have had a cardboard cutout in class and this person would have right. been fine. But when you see these other stories, that's what makes my day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I say that too. It's nice. I've been here only 10 years. Um, I've been a pastor for 20, but I've been working with youth for 30 plus years. And so it is fun to see some of them now. And you're like, oh, wow. I wouldn't imagine that for you. <laughs> but I'm so thankful this is your path, right? Like it's just so it was, it's just super rewarding. You're right. It's the relationships that you have. And so, yeah, it's amazing. And it's always nice to see when something clicks and falls in place. And, yep. you know, and I've always tried to tell kids, you know, moms and dads are always, Oh, you're going to college and you're doing this. And I've always tried to say, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. College is not for everyone. Nope. I pick up my phone all the time and call people and say, I need your help. I need, you know, your expertise, you know, whether it be an electrician, a plumber, whatever the case might be, right. that don't require four years of college. Nope. But a lot of those kids that don't want to do college have a lot of good hands-on skills that I don't have. Yep. Expertise. Absolutely. So yeah. It's oh, something I, I like to do and go with it. I think that's starting to become the narrative again. At least I think kids are figuring that out more now. I think you're right. I think they're emphasizing that a little more. I, I do too. Plus there's such a shortage right now of tradespeople that, um, and we need them to have, so we almost, <laughs> I almost kind of want my kids to do that instead <laughs> of go to college, but I can't do that either. That's reverse. And, um, I'm kidding. They get to choose what they want to do, but it's so funny to think about all of that too right now and how we applaud, applaud finding your fit. Right. Find your path right. and walk it and right. then have people that will support you while you do that is amazing. And so that's oh, awesome. And I want to tie this into what you said earlier, Glenn. You know, you went up to those kids who presented at Fields of Faith and congratulated them and congratulating kids for finding things that they enjoy. I think that needs to be something we need to just keep putting focus on. And so that's so awesome that you can do that. Positive um, feedback goes a long way. Oh, a long way. That's so true. Well, we've had other partnerships. You've always been so good about tying our faith community into um, helping our children. And um, one of the easiest things to do is to help our schools because they, they know what they need and what kids need. And so um, you have been part of the team that does the... Um, Faith Community Partnership. Oh, there you go. Thank you. 
Thanks, Josh, because I can never we knew remember, you'd remember that, name. that, Josh. FCP. Got so it. tell us what that is about. Yeah. So this has been, uh, I don't know, it sounds like a Mark TD thing, too, if I remember correctly. So what, 10 plus years? Do you want to kind of... Oh, how did that uh, start? That's a good question. I'm not sure how long it existed. I, re- I think I started to become involved maybe five, six years ago. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. They noticed that they needed um, more connections um, with the faith communities because we can provide different things. Like we can provide support um, and we can help support our schools and our kids in ways that the school district can't just organically do. And so um, they've reached out. And so Diane has partnered with um, Lincoln Elementary and uh, Noka Middle School for the Arts, both the Fred Moore campus and the Washington one. And then, and now too, we've kind of put under our umbrella, uh, Anoka high school, but um, every year then we gather school supplies. The school supply drive is a wonderful thing. And that's taken so many different directions through the years. It's been organized by various groups. More recently, uh, mostly churches have been working together, kind of organized by a lady over at, um, uh, Anoka Methodist, First Methodist, I think yeah, it's called. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of takes it under her wings and they have the event there and she assigns different school supplies for each of the churches that are involved. Perfect. And says, so you guys collect uh, these four or five different kinds of items. Uh, another church will collect uh, their three or four or five different kinds of items. Yep. We bring it all together in early August. Uh, she has a crew then that organizes and gets everything packed into backpacks so that on my, on the 20th of August, approximately they'll have an event there and, and parents can come in, pick up a backpack for their child filled with school supplies, whether it be elementary, could be elementary, could be middle school school or high school, whatever they need. And uh, there's other things going on at these events. There's clothing. Right. And one Mm -hmm. year, I think they even had haircuts and things like that Yep. I, I went to the event this year and I did not see haircuts, but, but they had a lot of other things, but yes, yes. they've had haircuts yeah. there too. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, they had haircuts, uh, when they were doing it originally, they do this like the first week in August. Yeah. Wow. Uh, because they used to do it like at Anoka high school and Coon Rapids high school, I think at Champlin mm-hmm. Park high school. Yep. But, uh, by the second week in August, you have kids starting to come in for, for sports and things That's like that. True. So they had to do it early. So here are these kids getting school haircuts a month before school starts. Now that would work fine for me because my one haircut lasts a lifetime for me. But for a young, young person, you know, the hair that grows. grows a little bit faster. Right. Although I have to say that right now it is a thing for, um, seems like all the young men I'm watching cause I have young, uh, um, I have 13 and 15 year old, but boys, but they, um, everybody's growing their hair out right now. I don't know if it was a COVID thing or it's just, it's come around again, um, that that's the style, but boy, there's a lot of hair out there now. I don't know that they even want their haircut when, It's a yes and no. It was like half a COVID thing and half not. (laughs) Half just For those that are wondering, yes, I I grew my hair out for the past year and a half. Josh has a ponytail now. You took words right out of my mouth, Josh. I was going to bug you about that next and ask you about that. Yeah, I think for some people it's a COVID thing. It was like, can't go. Hey, this is kind of cool. I think I'll leave it like this. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I learned how to um, cut 
I only do one haircut um, um, now and it's just the buzz. You know, I have different lengths. I can give you like it could be a two all over or it could be a three <laughs> all over, but it's all the same. But <laughs> I do. I cut my dad's hair, my husband's hair. Sometimes I'd cut Soren's hair and um, now he won't let me do that anymore. Well, say Soren and Carl probably... They don't let they don't, me do okay, it anymore. Right. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, mom. Right, exactly. And it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay because I'd rather not be the one to make a mistake, right? Like that would be horrible. My kids would. <laughs> hey, how many kids do you have, Glenn? Uh, I have two adult children. Yep. And two grandchildren. Awesome. Uh, they keep us busy. Yeah. Like we're going, I'm going to go pick up my grandson in about five minutes. Oh, fun. Uh, from school. Uh for the last time, probably, because this morning he got his driver's <gasps> license. He did. But he did not have a car with him. His mother dropped him off there at school. So uh, my wife and I are going to go pick him up and oh. celebrate with him for getting his driver's license. And uh, yeah. I'll be retired from that job. Oh, man. Sad. It's sad because we, it's given a, a great chance to bond. Oh, being my in gosh. The car. Absolutely. That's where you ha have super conversations. I agree. And, um, yeah, that's where we learn all kinds of things in our family. Looks like Bev came to come and pick you up. Oh, she, she misses me. Ah, she's she probably worried. She misses you. <laughs> so um, Bev is also a teacher. How did you guys meet just real quick before um, we let you go? We talked to, uh, taught together at Franklin Elementary. Believe it or not. Wow. Then was it we, love at first sight or was it not? No, we talked together for a few years before that happened. And then uh, uh, we taught one year together after we were married. <laughs> then you can't be in the same school <laughs> well, anymore. Well, that, uh, that was when uh, she took the year off because she was pregnant. I yep. was going over to Sandberg Middle School. So now we never, never made it back to Franklin again until... Last a uh, couple of weeks ago on, thir uh, on a night, they had their 150th anniversary. So oh, my gosh, that's right. We went there and toured the building and had a great time. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, we thank you so much for all that you do and, and that you are so genuine and authentic. And I know that I just, on behalf of the kids, just are so thankful for your presence and your encouragement, too, that they receive from you. And just genuinely, like, it, you just do that normally, naturally. So. Well, as I said before, you know what? Uh, it's hard to get old. And if you're looking for the fountain of youth, look for younger people. I've worked with Josh. Yes. He's a younger person. I've worked with you. You're a younger person. I've worked with all these kids. Uh, they're all younger and it just makes, it kind of re-energizes you. It really does. I agree. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's the relationships that continue to um, grow and flourish and um, are there. And that's why we do what we do. Exactly right. Absolutely. Well, thank you thank very you. much for coming. My pleasure. And it was fun to be able to chat with you guys and be able to pick on Josh a little bit about his oh, hair. Absolutely. <laughs> Gotta pick on Josh about something. Exactly. And that's what we do. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Claude. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Wonder and Sunder is hosted by Pastor Sue Walliger and myself, Josh Myronick. The show's editing and artwork are done by me. Special thanks to all who have come to be on the show so far. We have greatly appreciated it and learned so much more about you. If you want to be part of the show or have any questions about Wonder and Sunder, or maybe even want to share your own stories, feel free to reach out to us on social media at Anoka or email us at wondersunderanoka at gmail.com. That's wondersunderanoka at gmail.com.